Welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker Podcast Music Mash Ton. The Original Slacker is brought to you by Round Guys Brewing Company, located up in Lansdale with our brew pub location, and in Glenside with our Glenside Ale House. We have multiple beers on draft, 8 to 16, depending on location. Glenside is more of Hispanic food, and we got really some great German-themed styles of food up in Lansdale. This show took place at the Underground, which is our venue space, and you can find all this information at roundguysbrewery.com. Find out more about the original Slacker, facebook.com slash the original Slacker. You can find all of our episodes and everything and, and maybe come down here for live recording. Today we're talking to Toretta Storm. Toretta Storm, Toretta Howard, as she is known, uh, brings a serious storm to the stage. She has a full range of vocals. This is a woman who started off doing gospel and then moved into some other areas and is now doing alternative rock, but it's more of a musical therapy for the modern age. And she really hits topical pieces in her lyrics in an effort to kind of mold and bring people together and bring people together in a way that I think is really necessary. Her music is great. Her music's enjoyable. You can really rock out to it. And let's jump right into the podcast where we have Toretta Storm with her band and manager right now. guest today is Toretta Storm and her band, including Patrick Daniels, Mike Legia, nice. and, and Ken Hawks. Thank Hi. you guys for swinging <laughs> up here. I know it's an early Saturday morning and you guys probably just went to bed. Thank you. Hospitality's been awesome. Most definitely. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Toretta, I think, I think you have a pretty good story here. Like, How did you get into doing this? How'd you get here? What happened? What what got you to this, this point? People always ask the hardest questions first. <laughs> well, um, I have other questions. We can go for an no, easier question. Okay, I, I can dial good. back. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, well, I always start off with, you know, I've been singing all my life um, as long as I can remember. For a while, I honestly wasn't, um, I wasn't performing. I wasn't sharing my music with the public. I was just kind of... Uh, keeping it to myself and if you hear some of the earlier songs that I've done I've been told that you know people thought that I wasn't really a great songwriter but um as time progressed and you know meeting my manager and things like that I told him you know this is what I wanted to do and it just started there like 2014 and I started uh writing more I think the more that you write the better you get in my mind, that's kind of what happened. You know, the songs I've started writing about, uh, things that I've been through, my life, the ups and downs, and you can hear all that in the songs that I write. But basically, I mean, 2014 is when it all started. And the song that you're going to perform, it's Living in a Dream? Yes, Living in a Dream, yes. <laughs> Like I am not there when I lay down and when I close my eyes and when the noise 
in there and i noticed in love your music that it's not just it may, maybe it is a heavy influence on you personally but i feel that there's also a call to action there's also alarm bells in many of your songs as well i would agree well i'm originally from chester pennsylvania and if you know anything about that city there aren't any many positive things that are said, I mean, but I came out of Chester and I think I'm pretty positive. <laughs> and, you know, there's things that, you know, I've seen in my life. I lost a brother. He was only 23 years old. He was murdered. Jeez. You know, gun violence. I live in the urban area of Wilmington now. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I see, you know, people are suffering. They're suffering from, you know, drug addiction. There are children who are losing their parents. There are children who are being raised by parents who just don't know what they're doing. And it it affects me because I'm a mother myself. And I guess instead of standing on a soapbox and, you know, protesting in the square, you know, I just use my music to kind of vent. Yeah. And you're, you're a mother of three. Yes, would, I am. Would you say <laughs> that music in this day and age, it, it's not hitting the points you, you discuss in your lyrics. Your lyrics are very poignant and very direct, I think. Thank you. I and, appreciate that. Yeah. And you look at, what are we doing, right? What are we doing? What yes. are we doing to ourselves? It feels mm-hmm. like we're losing and we can blame no one else. Mm-hmm. And the the lyrics, I don't know. Do you feel like something's been forgotten over the past few years? I feel like in this day and age, there's a lot of people are driven to their emotions and driven to turmoil, but no one is sitting back saying, hey, wait a second. You know, why are we... I there, think... There's not... It's, these aren't black and white issues. There's, right. there's gray and we should be yes. forging... solutions right yeah and i think that we are um emotionally driven you know a lot of things happen because people act first and they don't think and i just think back in the day i mean i'm not gonna (laughs) give my age up but i just think but even looking at history you see that people um, when things took place that people had issues with people came together and you would see black white or you know whomever come together and try to resolve it i just think we're driven by emotion, and we are so, uh, not to sound easily offended, uh, for lack of a better word, but, and it isn't black and white. There's so much in between, a lot of variables that make people behave the way that they do, or, you know, speak the way that they, they do, or interact the way that they do. Do you see a lot of people in your audience that will share the same values as you, or do some of them just like... The, the musical sound that you that you guys bring is it's a little more eclectic. You have some that are are true alternative rock and a little more um, gospel influence. <laughs> and I noticed that there's I'm even glad that you picked that up. <laughs> yeah, there's a little, little bit of jazz influence in there. Mm-hmm. So it's not always straight up alternative rock that I get out of Toretta Storm as the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's pretty interesting because I was listening to it. And it kind of there's a little bit of flashbacks to early '90s, you know, early '90s rock uh, mm-hmm. that I was getting. And I, yeah, I don't want to go too far out here, but you, you get that there's a certain sound in the late '80s, early '90s that I think Living Color I love that and 
you know those those bands. The um, there's just the the uh, Living Color and Faith No More that they had, and it was like, yeah, and they they had that just a it was like a period of time mm-hmm. or a period sound, and and that sound I kind of captured a little bit of that in your vocals and your approach to vocals. Thank you. When did um. so you were singing? You've been singing your whole life, and I presume I that have, I have yes. Much of that's been through you mentioned you have a gospel background yes I is did, a yeah. lot of that through church and through yeah it was through church um almost all my life and also you know school um i've been exposed to classical and you know baroque and broadway i think that when i write there really isn't a format i i kind of just write what i feel i guess my music is also based on emotion and it may be all of those things that i've been exposed to now, how about the rest of the band? How much influence, how does this work? When you guys go to sit down and, and make a song, mm-hmm. uh, how how does that process work for you guys? Um, well, I mean, it's a combination of of many different things. Just to, you know, record some uh, guitar ideas uh, for Heart of Gold, which was the first song I recorded on. And they sent me, you know, just basically a, a, a bass and drum track and then i just kind of wrote over that what i felt you know just by myself in my basement i locked myself down there for like two hours and you know just kind of did that and then you know we, everyone liked it and then we just threw vocals over and it just kind of came together and then um the last song we really got together and kind of really wrote it together itchy trigger finger you know we went into the our rehearsal space and really worked through that you know and just kind of filled it out until we cohesively found what we wanted it to sound like you know as a as a band playing together and that was more of like a live you know writing process in real time you know so uh so we we write in a lot of different ways you know i'm a songwriter too and sometimes you know i'll write the music first and then you know later on write lyrics and then sometimes we just get a really good lyrical idea and then you know and then just write music over that you know and it just uh, everything just kind of comes together no matter what the process is how'd you guys come together I know sometimes bands have unique stories about. We have a we had a band in here called Stella Ruse. Mike, you can share it. Um, <laughs> oh, this doesn't involve this doesn't involve any insight. kind of like <laughs> so this is back like, alleys or bathrooms, right? This, this is my favorite story. I know, it's excellent. Tell. They put an ad on Craigslist, which is where everybody finds people now. Right. So I heard the songs that they posted on Craigslist, and I was like, all right, so they have something really good going here. I like instantly caught my ear, you know. So I sent them a message, and. They shot me down. <laughs> it wasn't as dramatic as that, but anyway, we didn't get the Who's first this time. Guy? Delete. We didn't. We didn't. Yeah, we we didn't hook up the first time. So I pursued them, and one day, I just a message popped up on my phone saying, "Hey, are you still interested in playing drums?" I don't even think I finished reading the thing before I was typing yes, you know, and. Um, that's how I. That's how I came on board. It was Craigslist. So Ken, you you were saying, oh, you know, we need a drummer. We need a drummer. All these other guys suck. And then a month later, you're like, well, oh, yeah, well, we can always go back to this one. Yeah, these drummers were pretty awesome because when I heard the, the songs, I was like, okay, I think I can I can pull this off, but I wasn't sure. But right. once we all met, it was – I think it was pretty smooth right from the beginning. So Excellent. Yeah, Good. they're awesome people to work with. Yeah, yeah, you guys – The chemistry is great, and I think that we all gel pretty well, and I feel like I'm fortunate to have them. Not not to go on and on, but two of my favorite songs that we did, Heart of Gold and Itchy Trigger Finger, started as basically just ideas. We were hanging out, and 
Ken said, you know, I got these ideas for songs, and we were like, okay, well, let's just get together and see what happens. And yeah. two two great songs came out of it. Heart of Gold is just an awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. harder. I think it, man, I guess it's a groovier song, but yeah, yeah. I I really felt that it's that really was a combination of everything. Listen to Heart of Gold. Yeah, Heart, Heart of Gold to me was kind of like a old school rock melody. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Right. With Robert Randolph. Yep. Kind of. And that just started out as an you know? idea that we were that's, kicking that's kinda, around. Yeah. Came together like yeah, really I, easy. It's a great song. Yeah, that's Thank a you. great Thank song. You. you guys did a good job. So Heart of Gold. Talking about that, that's another one of those wake up songs. Trudy, do you think that? In some way, in your personal experience, you feel like music could be performing music, listening to music, the whole experience is therapy. Most definitely. <laughs> like I had said earlier, a lot of the songs that I, I wrote stems from things that I've dealt with and you know that I've gone through, and they are emotionally driven. So, yes, that's how um, I vent. That's how I, like a diary, but it is very therapeutic, yes. Yeah, and you you showcase some of those songs. Uh, it's amazing the range you have. Oh, thank uh, you. And I think that obviously is probably when you were looking, when you're checking out who Toretta Storm is. That was probably the first thing you noticed, and something that can and be you can build great well, stuff around that. What I, what I first of all I noticed they were instantly likable songs. You yeah. Know? And then I think the, the oh, second <laughs> thought that came into my head was. You know, you listen to the radio every day and, you know, not to put down anybody, but you hear kind of like the same thing over and over again. And and the second thought I had was there's a place for these songs somewhere. I don't know where it's going to be, but there's a place somewhere for these songs. Well, a lot of times, especially last decade, you saw you saw an awakening of music, but it was it was just industrialized music. what you're looking at. Right. You're looking at template music, Mm -hmm. trying to sell product. And yeah. keep an industry alive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and nowadays I think we might be going back towards that trend as stuff starts narrowing down, especially in the pop field, where it seems like creativity is all but lost in, in the pop sector. And that, at the moment. See, that's what I like about these. That, like from from the very start, inspiration all the way to the finish, it's organic. Yeah, you know, there's no like, okay, we're gonna use a drum machine or you know, it's just organic. Patrick comes up with the awesome guitar parts and. Well, we forgot to mention, we have an awesome bass player named yeah, Randy, Randy Waters, Waters. <laughs> who, who is very well known in the Delaware area, yes. and he's just a monster on the bass. Mm-hmm. And he always comes up with just a killer bass track. And so it's easy for me. <laughs> I just, you know, find the timing and that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys make it easy, but it's very organic. There's no overdoing things, you know? Yeah. Maybe on my end they're my favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm well. always like, well, you know, it, you know. I, but, um, from a metal metal yes, he is. Yeah, so am I, yes, actually. He is. Yeah. So I'm in another band um, called Rapid Intake. Uh, we're based in Wilmington, Delaware, just like where we're from. And um, we're actually coming out with an album um, next week. <laughs> it's going to be called Seeking the Thrill. If you want to check us out, please do. So the organic nature of the songwriting, when does Toretta, the Toretta piece come through? When does that happen? At what part of any stage? Is it initially Patrick coming up with a, a certain rift or a sound or is it you coming up with an idea i think these last two songs we came up with the lyrics first and then i think it was more so patrick and the bass player coming up with the melody but most of the time when i write i I would say maybe the uh, melody comes first and sometimes i am driven to keep 
working on the song until it's completely done. So I would say it all it all happens at once, if that makes sense. And how yeah. long have you been doing the alternative rock side? Why don't you lay out some of the musical progression? I know you you sang growing up. Yeah. Um, I guess how do we get to alternative? How to rock? get to rock? Yeah. Well, in all my interviews, I always say. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I do have a gospel background. I did, you know, grow up singing in odd. church. No, that's, it isn't. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they start singing in church mm-hmm. and then they diverge and, you know, go into something else. I've always loved the live sound, mm-hmm. the sound of the guitars, even, you know, in classical music, the sound of the violin and just live and not that, um, not just the digital sound. And it's just so beautiful to me, <laughs> you know, to hear that. And that's something that I wanted to incorporate, you know, in what I do. And honestly, I listen to a lot of uh, like contemporary and rock Christian music and, and I love the sound. Yeah. I was, I was always drawn to that sound somewhat hard and, you know, yes, most definitely, yeah. most definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, uh, it, just, it seems so real and genuine. Yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I guess what, what artists were really key to your influences? I feel like I'm deja vu. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I like a lot of different things. I like, I always say Lenny Kravitz, Tina Turner. I was just listening to uh, Ratcliffe in the, in the Night Sweats, yep. Alabama Shakes. Yep. I was yep. listening to that on the way here. I like Linkin Park. I like 21 Pilots. I like the Cranberries. I was listening to that on the way here. My favorite song, Zombie. Might have to do a cover of that. <laughs> so you already did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll do the Bad Wolves version. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like I like everything. You can probably do a better version of it. It's out there. <laughs> just I like everything. Yes. So where's next for Trail Storm? Where do you feel this project is? Like, where do you see this project going? Um, I would love for us to get a distribution deal. You know, an opportunity where we, we can still have control over creativity and things like that. But having someone to um, distribute you know, our music and get it out there. Um, I would love to expand our um, social media platform and just be able to reach more people who real music, quote, unquote. What I see here is that Ken has been doing live video mm-hmm. of this whole, this our recording today, mm-hmm. which I think is is brilliant. A lot of people who want to do music today don't realize how much of the self-promotion you have to do. I'm realizing that more and more. And of course, I constantly hear that. And just reading and looking and seeing what other people are doing, it it is very important. It's very important. I've been told, you know, that people who are interested in artists basically want you to have done most of the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of acts that come through that Mm -hmm. don't necessarily understand the need for doing what Ken's doing right here right. and for you guys having a strong presence you know online with with anyone who's interested in the music and, right. and trying to connect fans to to this to to be part of the Treta Storm team right yes um what would some advice you'd have out there for any musicians who just don't get it like they they're afraid of it i guess is the best way to put it what would you get yourself a Kenny <laughs> Listen, I, honestly, I, I, I say it all the time, and he knows I say it, but he's absolutely just as important as anybody in this band. Most definitely. Most he definitely. does all the grunt work and the hard, you know. Right, and so, Ken is the manager of Treader Storm. Yes, yes. And, and, like, all we have to do is show up and play, and he mm-hmm. does all the all, all the hard work. We're trying to so. tweak that a little bit, though. <laughs> 
and get and get our guys to to also use their page. I know that the, um, the gentlemen are in; they have other projects that are going on, but also to um, use you know their social media to access fans and things like that. Say something. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Ken. Um, they make it easy. I think that they have some. They have a good product, and and, and it makes it easy. And for me, it's just seeing it. Uh, just seeing the vision come to reality, come to fruition, and um, it's so it's 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 not always work to me. I just enjoy it, you know. And I'm a type of guy when you believe in something, you fight for it. And I just mm-hmm. believe that um, they have something to say, and there's a market, you know. Again, like Mike said, I don't know where that market is. Is it here? Is it overseas? But I, I definitely wholeheartedly believe that they have a market. Um, again, it it is kind of a whole bunch of different influence. You just don't see that a lot. You know, um, they can, and it's, it's kind of effortless. She can do an alternative rock song and then it kind of be more soulful. And, and I, I just think that there's a market for them. And I, and I believe, so it, it, they make it easy. I appreciate you saying that, Mike. But it just, you know, with Patrick, um, his, all these musical backgrounds, Patrick's from a metal alternative rock background you know um, mike Mike yeah more metal i guess yeah and and then the soulful and it just comes together and i i you know when i go to some of their shows you see a lot of different people that look Mm -hmm. different yeah white black asian and there's power in that you know and and, and i and i i want to see that i want to see that grow and that's why you know um I, i think that's a tribute to the sound that you guys have created Especially, you. you know, the and the culture, the what bands, what bands say, and what they, what lyrics come out are important to the fans, and the fans are going to cling to that, and that's going to create, you know, words are important, yeah. and words create the foundation for a group, and I, I think you know that's that's phenomenal. Well, I that's, agree wholeheartedly what you say, and that's unfortunately with music today you see a lot of that. These uh, artists and musicians they do have an influence especially over you know the younger generation and i don't think that people really take that to heart that you know what you're putting out there is it really is affecting people mm-hmm. and you know people have come to me and a lot of women <laughs> have come to me and told me you know that certain songs have touched them or they've lived through that as well right. we did a show at Kelly Logan's house in Wilmington at Trolley Square And I think my most emotional moment was when this woman came to me and she said, you know what? She said, I feel your heart. You know, when you're on stage, she said, I I feel your heart. I feel your emotion. And I was my I was tearing up because that's what I want. You know, I want to connect to the audience. I want people to kind of know or feel, you know, what I was going through at that time. And I just hope and pray, you know, that that's something that I can continue, you know, to give to, you know, the audience that come and see us. What song is the most intimate for you? (laughs) <laughs> I always say that um, Better Trust Me. Better Trust Me is one of my favorites. That's um, my favorite, too. It's matter kind of fact, going on what she was just saying, mm-hmm. my wife actually came to me. My wife Denise came to me when she heard it the first time and said it made her cry, wow. <laughs> which wow. I was like, you know, that's never happened before. Yeah. Yeah, but- so, yeah, it's it's an awesome song. It's it, my that, favorite. That's Better Trust is my favorite, too, and um, it's kind of a, a feminine Song girly, that's but not, um, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's okay. Let's and edit also, that out. <laughs> no, keep it in there. The metal guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, come on. You're rolling down my cheek when I play it. <laughs> we should do a video. The one tear. <laughs> I don't want to see that. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> get eye drops. And... <laughs> no, 
but honestly, I never get tired of playing that song. For some reason, it's just I never get tired of it. So. Neither do I. It's and, awesome. And what are we doing? What are we doing also that was a song that really had me very emotional. And that just stemmed from an incident that had taken place. A young man was murdered, you know, in Rodney Square, protecting a mother and her child. And... Those, I think that those two are the ones that I think are my most favorite ones. Right, right. Do you think these songs five years down the line will, will st- still have the impact they do right now? I think so. I think that because they deal with, you know, our circumstances, and it seems as if the circumstances will continue. <laughs> so I hope that they will remain um, relevant, you know, even when there's peace. <laughs> well, it's funny because... We reinterpret what something means right. that, to fit our own time, right? Absolutely, and absolutely. Many of these issues, uh, many of the the items in here, these are long running concerns, mm-hmm. and I think they're more nuanced right now because we're in a situation where, unfortunately, we yes. have to confront more extreme, less cooperative ends of these issues. At the yeah, end. yeah. And it's a shame, but maybe in five years, or maybe in ten years, and maybe. May be it could completely mean something else, right? Yes. You go back to listen to what are we doing, and it, it might impact someone in a way that you know like they're crying. When you see someone have an emotional reaction to your songs, mm-hmm. what does that do for you? How how does that impact you? Well, in turn, it makes me emotional. It um, and the drummer. <laughs> I, I, yes, I, I, I think it makes it all worthwhile. Really, I do. Because that's what you want to do, right? He said it makes you emotional. You it know. does. <laughs> but when you see somebody have that kind of reaction, I think that, that, that makes it worth it for yeah. me anyway. Yeah. And um, it makes me want to create more. And even if there's an, a time where I feel like, you know, this is, I cannot do this, you know, anymore. That kind of pushes me to continue. You know, it's making a difference. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Um you know, if a song's universal enough, you know, it, it'll it'll be listened to forever. You know, mm-hmm. even um, when we're long gone, people will still be, you know, whatever comes after YouTube, wherever it gets posted <laughs> in 100 years from now, people will still, you know, listen to it. And they won't know, obviously, know who we are, or who we were. But, you know, they'll be like, oh, what's this song? You know, right. from right. a place called Delaware. Yeah. Where's Delaware? Delaware? People Delaware? always say that Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> we exist. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to plug yourselves and tell everyone where they can find Toretta Storm, where they can find the music, where they can find you guys? Maybe you not your that, maybe Kenny? not your personal address, but you want to do it, Kenny? <laughs> yeah, Mister Mister um, Kenneth Hawks, our manager, can give you that information. But um, we can be found on Facebook. But he'll give you a more extensive list of where we can be found. I've been called to duty. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, any any major social media platform, YouTube. You can really just Google Toretta Storm, and all of it'll all of it will unfold. YouTube, CD Baby, iTunes. When you Google it, it's a lot of stuff is going to unfold. Reverb, Reverb. The main that. platforms we use is, is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Reverb Nation is is, is a big one. But you can find uh, her, the band anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, anywhere. great, great, excellent. Ken, I have additional questions for you real fast. Sure. What drew you to the sound? What did you, what was it, what was the initial piece of the sound that 
that really captured it? Well, I, I, um, I've been involved in music for most of my life. A lot of my family uh, have been writers, producers, performers. So I grew up around it. And I knew at some point I wanted to work with a female performer with range. And, um, and I just, when I, when I met Toretta, uh, you know, her look and, you know, I, ju I just think she just, her look and style had a, had a way of bringing people together. You know, it's a lot of uh, serious issues going on in this country. And I just think her aura and vibe had a way to kind of transcend culture and race. And we just wanted to, you know, she could be a great platform to bring people together. I mean, uh, again, when you go to the shows, you'll see a lot of different people. And um, just her spirit could just could be in... in Obviously, when you hear you know her sing, it's just something magnificent. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And I, I just said, I want to work. I met her four years ago. I said, we, we got to do something. And then when she said, I'm not going to lie, I stereotyped her. You know, I, I thought that, you know, she <laughs> she said, I want to sing. I said, well, what do you do? I thought it was more R&B-ish, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just being honest. But when she said, I want to do rock and kind of a combination of and then I heard some of the stuff, I, I was like, whoa, okay. I'm on board, and uh, just been going from there. And pretty much, you know, that's that's pretty much what what started it. Great. So, Toretta Storm, the band that appears to be therapy for the modern age, right? Oh, yeah. nice. Like yeah, we gotta <laughs> take that and keep it. <laughs> Want to thank you guys for coming on the Original Slacker Podcast. Thank really you so much for having us. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Great driving time. Off. Great time. Looking forward to hearing the song and. They did play at the Underground <laughs> on Black Friday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for all the tired shoppers. <laughs> for all the tired shoppers, you can yeah. go back in time and enjoy this one. And hopefully, you know, we'll get you guys back up here. Most definitely. And I would love to awesome. come back. It'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, so thanks so much. Wow. That was a great great interview and uh, I love the music that Thread of Storm is putting out these guys are just a, a fun band and in addition they, I think Thread of Storm really has a lot of there's good meaning behind her music the, for those of you guys who don't know the time frame on how we lay out these podcasts we do them in the mornings on Saturday and they drove straight up from Wilmington and they came up here got all set up did a little couple songs for us and they went ahead and did the podcast we took about 45 minutes or so. These guys are, are they're pros, they're fun. And Toretta has such an amazing range of vocals going from, you know, the softest of softs to, you know, belt stuff out and the highs and lows. She's both a class act and a, a classy lady who has a phenomenal uh, focus on what the message is that she wants to get out. The thing I want to tell you about, though, is our last Waltz beer, which just came out, came out within the past two weeks. Last Waltz, we release, it's our one of our earliest regular annual releases. And by that, I mean, we only release it for a time period from November to about January. And whatever sticks around thereafter is just sticking around thereafter. It's just a one-time one release. And it's one I always look forward to. Rocco, you got a little bit of a sample of the 2019 Last Waltz Imperial Porter. What are you tasting, that guy? You asked me the wrong question. I, I can't pull that stuff out. <laughs> what does it look like, Rocco? What's the color well, in that guy? It's, it's a dark beer, for sure. It kind of reminds me of a Guinness Stout when I take a look at it. It's got like a, a white head, right? Yeah. It but it's got a deep amber, kind of a, um, a gem, like a reddish, burnt red in there, uh, color. 
that's an aside. Uh, I'd say it's a medium body. I'd say it's got a lot of chocolate, a little tobacco flavor. These are all malt characters. Uh, some like dried caramel or maybe like a dried fruit. And it's got that like a bready note. So this is one of my favorite beers we, we make every year. And it comes out between now to about, about January. So definitely jump on down here. We got it. We got it in, in cans. We have it on draft. And, again, it's just around as long as it lasts. And we don't make, you know, we don't make about 35 barrels of this stuff. We only make at most seven. And I believe that this one will probably be uh, about seven or less than that to, to pump out this batch. And once that batch is gone, it's gone. Serving three locations and then all your takeout. So, once again, guys, thank you for listening to the Original Soccer Podcast. Share this with friends if you have any. Facebook.com slash The Original Slacker. Really appreciate it. And if you want to learn more about Round Guys Brewing Company, go to roundguysbrewery.com where you can find everything, including this podcast, on there. Thank you. Out on the shooting range. Don't know what target I'm looking the shooting range don't know what target I'm looking for white man the black man the president or the Taliban is it everyone in this country though I shoot you before you shoot me I got an itchy trigger finger Someone's got to pay. I got an itchy trigger finger out on the shooting range. Out on the shooting range. Don't know what target I'm looking for. Out on the shooting man, the teacher man, policeman, when in decent, is it everyone in this country, do I shoot you before you shoot me, it's your trigger finger, someone's gotta pay, I got an itchy trigger finger, out on the shooting range, I got an itchy
I've got a niche trigger finger. Someone's gotta pay. I've got a niche trigger finger. Out on the shooting range. I got a niche trigger finger. Someone's got to pay. I got a niche trigger finger. Out on the shooting range. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we got to get down. I got an itchy trigger finger. I've got an itchy trigger finger.